Hey, what is up, everybody? My name is Brandon Kirin, and you are listening to the Casually Spiritual Podcast. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the next episode of the Casually Spiritual Podcast, a show where we share the lives of everyday people living in everyday life in faith. Today, I have my friend, Brandon Kareen. He has been a mentor to me. He's been a good friend. And I have him on here actually as not one that has like this big giant event, but his life has been a journey and he's actually still in the middle of it. And I hope that when you listen to this, you hear the heart that he has when he goes into every season of his life, that he was just willing to go head first, that he was just willing to do it and that God's rewarded him on the way. And you'll even see towards the end of the episode, we don't really hit a resolution, but we kind of just see where his heart is now. I think that's going to help so many people that might be in the same season of their life of decision making, of trying to figure out what to do next, that maybe it's okay not to know. I hope through listening through this podcast that you hear how he got to where he is, and maybe that'll help you make your decisions a little easier. So now I hope you enjoy the conversation I have with my friend, Brandon. All right, we are here with Brandon Kareen. Brandon, how are you doing today? What's up, man? Doing great. How are you, Alec? I'm great. That was such a smooth intro. You like that? Yeah, that was nice. I think you, you killed have, it. I First think, try. Thank you. You know what? I already feel the positivity coming from this episode. <laughs> God is going to be good. Oh. God's going to be hecka spiritual today. Yeah, I was going to say, like, I just let me know if I'm getting like beyond casual with it. <laughs> beyond yeah. casual? Because I'm a pretty spiritual guy, you know? So I'm trying to keep it <laughs> casually spiritual, but if I get super spiritual... I'm going to tone you down. You have to bring, re- reel me in a little bit. Beyond spiritual? <laughs> have you ever... Do you know what beyond meat is? Beyond what? Meat? Yeah. yeah. Have you ever heard of that? Wait. Time out. Stop everything. Is that a Carl's Jr. thing? No, it's uh No, because I saw a sign on Carl's Jr. that <laughs> said beyond it? meat. Is, no. it, is it veggie burgers? It's, it's like... I saw it at a Freebirds burrito. Uh-huh. But what? no, it's Free like... range? No, it's like, maybe it is. No, it's like non-meat that tastes like meat, but it's not like tofu. I don't know. But either way, they had potatoes in it, and it tasted like beef, but it was pretty good. I saw a sign at Carl's Jr. for it, and I said, you know what? I just think I'll stick with the regular beef. The yeah. vegans are invading the meat I industry. I know. What's going on with that? I don't know. I could be down. It was like decently good. It's yeah. like, if I could, if like meat ran out and that was our options, I'd be like, oh, this is chill. Yeah. So burgers I, are my love language, so I don't really try to mess with them too much. You know, to, you know what I don't like is like when people, especially like girls, do this. I'm about to be single forever, but <laughs> <laughs> but like girls do it, especially like they make like food into like a personality trait. You know? Do you know what I mean? It's just like before this picture, I was chowing down on a stack stack of fries. It's like we all eat. Yeah. Like you're not special. You know what I? You know what I'm talking about with the like, especially how girls do it. Like they act like they're special because like they eat food. No, I don't know what you're talking about. Damn, this is going to be really bad. Oh, my gosh. Are you talking about Instagram? Yeah, mainly on Instagram. No, I see it all the time. Or, like, their, or like their uh, bios are going to be, like, love Jesus, Enneagram 3, favorite favorite food. Food, pizza oh, bites. Pizza bites. Mexican is my love language. Oh, gosh. Actually, I guess if I don't throw in food, that's kind of weird. Guys, guys and girls do it. Yeah. Food so, is a lovely thing. I think for you, you're the one person I feel like justifies food being a love language. Oh, yeah. I've seen you scarf down. Like, do you remember what you ate in St. Louis when we went on that mission trip together? Oh, gosh. It was like... It was a lot. It was like at least like a whole pizza. Yes. A whole... Like two whole I had appetizers. a quesadilla. Quesadilla. Yeah. I ate some other kid's food. It was just... Is getting out of hand. Casually scarfing. Yeah. I'm going to start the casually scarfing podcast. 
and this whole podcast is just sounds of me eating food. Yes. You do see it is 40 minutes. I am eating <laughs> that whole time. Yes. I, I remember uh, we were talking, like, you and me both have the same thing. We're like, though, when we eat, like, you have to have something to drink. Yes. I, well, I can't not eat. It's a weird deal, but... I actually need to drink whenever I'm eating. Is that like a medical thing? Like I you have to go have- to the doctor to figure it out. I mean, this is, we're really opening it up <laughs> on this podcast. I need to go. I need to go to physical. But no, I I like literally it happened in my early twenty or yeah, my mid twenties. I just had like I had to have something to drink mm-hmm. to 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 eat my food to get it down. No, yeah, I, I thought it was just a thing, but like yours is coming in medical, so it's yeah. just like see, I'm just casually dehydrated, but <laughs> spiritually dehydrated. Ooh, second podcast, come on. But uh, we joked around enough, and I think at this point, all people know is that like we're friends and that you eat food. Yep. Um, but uh, I know Brandon; he's a good like mentor slash friend, but like buddy. But like you're older than me, and we don't hang like that. But like we still like each other. Yeah. How would, what would you call this? Is this just say, a friendship? I would say a friendship for sure. Yeah, I'd say uh, it's it, it's a casually spiritual friendship. Casually, <laughs> that's perfect. We we, uh, we I think that serving together, um, we've obviously learned a lot from each other. Mm-hmm. I think that me watching you do what you do. And you watching me do what I do has encouraged both of us on a, on the same level. I think you have a definite gift when it comes to your small group leading abilities. And, um, you know, when I watch you do the stuff that you do at 1A with your small group, I'm like, man, this guy's killing the game, you know? Thank and you. Uh, I, uh, in a lot of ways, when, when I was at, at the church, working at the church, it was like I envied you in, in some way because I was doing my thing, mm-hmm. but I wasn't able to get in it with, with the kids as much as some of the small group leaders were. And uh, I think there's a lot of reward in that. Obviously, you know, too, though, that it's like a lot of hard work and you have to yeah. deal with the drama and everything else. But Because um, I see like the things you would do is like you were a leader and you were right. in charge. And, I was, you know, I, I knew I wanted to be a leader. But then like you were also the key there. And like you, you're one of the people that actually like like saw what saw like potential in me is like, mm-hmm. you know, all I want to do is like host. And like you're the like one of the first people like, OK, go do it. And it was like, yeah, awesome. And then like when I actually did it, you actually like gave feedback. So I was like, cool. And so it's always good. Yeah, so Brandon was the junior high pastor at Church on the Move uh, where I serve and where I've been serving. And, you know, uh, we've had a friendship. We still chat every now and then because of that. And we'll get to, you know, maybe why he's not in that position with me anymore. But let's take it back. Let's rewind like I do. I like to always get to where you were before, I guess, even we were friends, even before you lived in the same state. You're actually from California. California. Where in California? Golden State. Uh, Kingsburg, California. It is about 20 miles south of Fresno, if you know where that's at. Nope. Uh, It's an hour and a half uh, north of Bakersfield, if you know where that's at. Nope, go bigger. Uh, 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 Okay, so it's three and a half hours South of San Francisco. So there everybody we go. knows All where right. San Francisco is. Yeah, at. I can do that one. It's in it's in the it, it's basically Kingsburg is nestled in the farming capital of the world, I believe. Just a bunch of orchards and stuff like that. So I grew up uh until I was eight years old, my dad was a farmer and mm-hmm. I grew up out on the family farm and he was uh at the time doing grapes and raisins and stuff so i grew up getting dirty running around uh doing all that stuff in california loved growing up where i grew up it was amazing and uh so that's that's it all started in that little town ten thousand people kingsbury california now okay it's always been a joke but i don't actually know which direction the joke goes tractor brandon Brandon. was tractor brandon super buff oh my gosh how do you know about tractor brandon i just know tractor brandon did you tell him about tractor i've I've heard who told you about that i don't even remember i just know it's in the back of my head i think 
Yeah. Okay. So tractor, Brandon, there's this picture whenever I was working in landscaping at church on the move and, uh, we had just put in a three acre garden in the, in the, you know, the back area, which is still alive to this day. Come on. And, uh, we were harvesting, <laughs> I was harvesting, uh, sweet potatoes. We um, had sweet potatoes at the church. We did. Yeah. They're huge. Okay. It was the first year that we actually tested the, the, the crops. Godly sweet potatoes. Godly <laughs> sweet potatoes. And I was in this tractor and, um, when you look at the picture, you just tell them super fat. So at the, at the time, I was like 29, I think, 30 or something. And I was like 250 to oh 252 pounds. And it's just not a appealing photo <laughs> Okay, at all. no, I, I always thought it was back in California. But like, just for <sighs> theater of the mind, like, Brandon's not like a bodybuilder, but he's like pretty in shape. You have, you know, you have biceps. You I've, have I've body now. been able to keep some of the, I, lately, um, <laughs> lately I've put in a few LBs. I'm not going to lie, but, um, I, I lost, I got down to like 195. I was 252 and then I, oh that was the, I turned 30 and I just kind of weighed myself. I was home for Christmas and I got on the scales at 250 something. And I was like, you know what? Uh, this is, <laughs> things got to change. And so. <laughs> That was the start of kind of the weight loss journey. Um, I you know, last episode, Ephraim's pretty fit, yeah. casually fit podcast. Yeah. You're gonna be on that one too. Me now. and Ephraim, dude, we we actually so Ephraim and I, there was a season of time where we were doing this thing called Field Day at the church, and so okay. me and Ephraim and uh, a few of my other friends uh, that work at the church, or some are just you know buddies that work out together, we'd get at the get to the church at like five in the morning and push sleds and run bleachers and like I would, I would i would create this whole uh like kind of like a course and then we would compete against each other and so that was at that time whenever i went home and i was you know really fat and i was like <laughs> it's time to get in shape and so i was uh working out every day uh, with some guys that uh john arnold and, uh, and a few of the guys <laughs> so we we're working out at 5 a.m every day mm-hmm. and at the same time i was helping a buddy of mine andrew boyko uh remodel a house in broken arrow so i was up at five and then I'd go to work at the church, and then I'd get off, and then I'd go help him oh, remodel wait. until about 10, sometimes 11 at night, get up the next day and get do Get up all to again. Do, run more stuff. Yep. And well, it worked. That's incredible. But, like, <clears throat> I, I know this is still supposed to be a spiritual podcast, but we'll still talk. But even as, like, a teenager, you were you were fit as a teenager. You played football. And yeah. Uh, I loved football, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, interesting. Football is a thing that gave me uh, a boost of confidence. Okay. One of the things Scott Miner, he's actually the youth pastor out at um, South South mm-hmm. Campus. He's awesome, but he said something that really resonated with me one night at a Wednesday night. He said uh, one of the things that he identifies himself is that you know, good not great. Mm-hmm. So you're good at a lot of stuff, but you're not really great at anything. And so I always felt that way growing up. I never, I was, you know, I can remember trying to read when I was in grade school mm-hmm. and I would get sweaty and my heart would start racing because wow. I would always stumble over my words. I'm a terrible reader. Even <laughs> to this day, like if somebody, if you were to ask me to read a script right now, I would get nervous. And even when I would read scripture in front of the students, you know, like I would get nervous because I, I'm not a good reader. And, um, I shouldn't say that, huh? I need confession. <laughs> okay. I you actually confession. read the change Bible, yeah. Brandon? <laughs> no, I do. I just don't read it out loud. Or I need to start. I need to practice reading out loud. Uh, but next time you communicate, everyone read this verse, yeah. and then I'll pick up in a minute. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, when I played football, though, it was what allowed me to like see that I had, I had a gift. Mm-hmm. I mean, I didn't. I just went. I was naturally gifted at it, and I was, and it gave me a, a shot of confidence. And I yeah. think. That was really important for me to feel like I belonged. So it was a team aspect. The yeah. guys, I brought value to something. And mm-hmm. so they, they, the other guys that were my colleagues at school saw that I was good. And so it really, I think it helped the course of my life. 
um, and it gave me something I loved, enjoyed, and something I felt like I was mm-hmm. good at. And then I think that really affected other areas too. My grades started going up, and um, wow, I uh, you know I just found something I loved and I was good at, and it was it was awesome. And so, yeah, football was a, a huge deal for me. I always was. I would. Uh, <laughs> My mom tells a story of a time when they were doing yard work and I just ran laps around my house. <laughs> and I, I don't know why. I just felt, I feel like physical challenges to me are, uh, I just love it. I just love pushing my body. I love, mm-hmm. you know, lifting weights. And um, I went on that mountain men trip with Ephraim. He, he kind of alluded to that. Dang, this is about to be Ephraim part two, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, uh, it's, I love physical challenges. I think it's, they're, they're a lot Must of fun. Be nice. Yeah. <laughs> I can read real well. So together, we'd be, we'd be a there great person. There you go. Person. Yeah. Yeah. You just need to give me reading lessons <laughs> but, and I'll, we'll, I'll give you a workout plan. Oh, dang. I do cross it. So, <laughs> you do? oh, yeah. Now everybody on the podcast. In the box. I'm in the box. Guy. Oh, gosh. Um, but Don't be that guy. you did more than football. And like, uh, with other people, I always like to look at, you know, what your Christian journey is and what the beginnings are. And, you know, you have, you have a pretty great foundation though from the beginning you grew up in a christian family right your family is a family of pastors yeah so my dad like i said he was farming until i was eight and then he we took on this church in orange cove california which is yeah more 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 directions please (laughs) yeah so orange cove is also a very little town and um I, I, to be honest, I don't even know how to give you direction. It's 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 in the same region. <laughs> it's as far away. Yeah, it's, 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 <laughs> so I can remember um, we have a picture of it actually in a photo album I keep, and the 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 windows are cardboarded up. And so this is my my oh, wow. intro my intro into in ministry. And my okay. dad become taking this church. There's like I don't know 13 people there or something like that, and uh, it's just this little podunk town, country town in Kingsburg or near in, in the Valley of California. Do people in California have country accents like they do? No, in the they South? don't have. There's no there's yeah. no country accent. That's uh, what I'm wondering. They, so whenever the Dust Bowl happened in Oklahoma, all these those guys moved out to the okay. Central Valley. So they're all Okies technically. Hmm. So I'm from the Okie area of California. Yeah, because like here it's like we're going to OKC, everyone. We're going to the big city, but like yeah, there's some guys. Like, honestly, we're going now to that San I, Francisco. Yeah, now that I think about it, there are some dudes with some country accents <laughs> okay. out there. But I, uh, I don't know why I thought of that. It was it was that it was that kind of deal. Yeah. And so I was, eight, I was eight. <clears throat> my dad becomes a pastor of this little church, and I would sit on the front pew. And they, we had a, there's no AC. There's a swamp cooler that would just spit water on me the whole Ew. time. You know, my dad was <laughs> preaching and stuff. So that was the intro into ministry for me. But I liked it. I mean, I didn't know any different. You know, mm-hmm. it was just I just kind of following. That's what you do when you're a kid. You just go wherever your parents go. And my parents were at church, uh, you know, whenever mm-hmm. the doors were open. So that was kind of my intro into spirituality. And then so from there, you just <clears throat> kind of followed the ministry with them. And you grow up pretty good foundation there. And in fact, you go through high school. And you never really like had this like rebellious phase you never really had this like falling off really you just stayed pretty good you You wouldn't say that i was outwardly rebellious but i think i would think i i know this that you know every teenager struggles Mm -hmm. and so i had my own struggles i was going through um learning growing you Mm -hmm. know like every young man i was i was dealing with um sexual sin yeah and uh so I think that in my heart, I always wanted to love, I always loved God and I wanted to please him. Mm-hmm. And so it was, it was definitely, there was never a moment in, in my times where I was maybe being rebellious or disobedient that mm-hmm. I wanted God out of my life. Yeah. I was always remorseful whenever I made a mistake. Okay. Um, so I, if that's, if you're qualifying rebellious as God, I don't want anything to do, mm-hmm. do with you. 
I never had that moment. Okay, yeah. <clears throat> I guess know? that's a good way to put it, but yeah, you were remorseful. So you were at least always conscious of it. Yeah. So what would you do after high school? After high school, I went to work with my grandpa in Sonoma, California, which is very much closer to um, San Francisco. So, <laughs> so it's, about, it's about an hour. <laughs> oh, it's about 45 minutes out of San Francisco. All right, I Beautiful area, wine country. And so we, uh, we get out there, and my grandpa's teaching me how to run heavy equipment. Mm-hmm. And um, he's, my grandpa's just a, he's a beast of a man. He was 70 years old at the time, wow. teaching me how to do all this stuff. And uh, I owe a lot to him for kind of taking me to man school right out of high school <laughs> you know he <clears throat> my high school football coach i came back and so my first job with my grandpa i was lifting these you know 150 pound boulders because he would dig them out <laughs> and i would load them into the back of this little tractor and take them down the, the hill and you know drop them off so i was lifting boulders for a living casually right lifting yeah. boulders. <laughs> and so i get back and my high school football coach sees me and he like points at my butt he's like where did that come from <laughs> i was like because <laughs> I never worked out in high school because they were small oh. <laughs> school, so I didn't have to work out to start. He's like, dude, you've gotten big. And so I didn't realize I put on 20 pounds of, but of, like muscle, of muscle. Though, yeah. yeah, working Dang. with my grandpa. Mm-hmm. And uh, and in that season of working with my grandpa, I can remember, uh, I would sleep and I would have dreams of playing football. Wow. So uh, I go back to play JUCO at Reedley College in, in California, and I played a year and a half there. And... Um, it was awesome. Met a lot of cool guys. Ha- had a guy from Sierra and S- Selma, which is our rival school from high school that I played with at, G- at Reedley oh, wow. College. That's cool. And we kind of formed a really cool friendship and a bond. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they actually quit after our first season. I went through with spring training, but then before the season start, I quit. And the reason I quit football was because the you, your, your small group guys, you know, yeah. I kind of had a small group of guys. Okay. And so they were all going to this summer camp. Oh, and wow. so I stopped playing football because I wanted to go to the summer camp with these these young men that I was kind of mentoring. And so I gave up football to go basically oh, awesome. follow my passion to help young men. And How did you get involved out. with that? Because like, um, were you like in high school and even like past high school? And at least this time, were you did you feel any type of ministry passion? Or was it just like, hey, this is a Christian thing to do and this is good, so I'll just do it? I went to Acquire the Fire, which was something that Teen Mania put on, and uh, I went on one missions trip in 2000 with them, mm-hmm. but at Acquire the Fire, Ron Luce was preaching, and um, I can remember just thinking I wanted to do that. I wanted to preach to youth. I wanted to be yeah. a youth pastor, a youth leader, Okay. Um, and so from a young age in high school or whatever, I, I always just knew that's something I wanted to do. I wanted mm-hmm. to help, and mainly young dudes, like uh, I wanted to help young men grow in their in their manliness and and also grow in their walk with god and to teach them and and to be be there for them and so that was always something i dreamed of doing Mm -hmm. um i wanted to be a part of and so that's the only that's the only thing that could have taken me away from my passion of football that's 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 kind of what 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 did happen because i I love those guys i had 15 um you know freshmen basically wow that um we did everything together. Like mm-hmm. we would go and we would find if there was a light pole in Kingsburg that was on, we would go play football under it until <laughs> 10 or 11 at night. It's awesome. And these guys would <clears throat> share their life with me. They would share what their struggles were going on. Um, we'd go late night burger runs. You know, I would just mm-hmm. sit in the car, talk with them, talk through life. And dude, it was just a, an amazing experience. Um, just being a part of what, 
you know, it was a lot of highs and lows, like, you know, yeah. like these guys go through stuff. So the ministry of like small groups and that kind of discipleship is so different than like being a youth pastor. Cause yeah. I know like when I think back to when I was in high school, it really helped me. It wasn't like, you know, I can't, I can only remember maybe a handful of sermons if at all um, yeah. that I listened, but I can remember like my youth group leader, you know, would take us, we would climb like the roofs of schools and yeah. eat Oreos. Yeah. I wasn't involved in one of these. One time, like the cops got called on the guys, like for climbing on top of a school. And instead of like, you know, like, you know, like fess up to it, the rule was run. Yeah. And everybody just meet up at the church, you know, so, miles down the road. <laughs> so we made up this game called Fugitive in okay. Kingsburg. So Kingsburg is like this little town that you can get on foot anywhere. Mm-hmm. And uh, the idea is that you'd start off at this church on one side of town, and then we'd pick a location on the complete opposite end of town. And so the fugitives would run on foot, and then we'd have three guys in cars with their like <laughs> cops. And so awesome. we played this game like multiple times, and every single time we got the cops called on us. And we would like <laughs> have guys hiding in bushes and in the back alleys, and dogs would be barking. But yeah, dude, it was just... Uh, it was a lot of fun. Is it better now that <clears throat> cops don't get involved with like youth ministry stuff anymore? Like, is it okay that... Should we should we try to encourage youth? To, like, I feel do more like if the stuff? cops aren't being called out, then you're you're questionable. Are you actually youth ministry are you is actually, soft? Are you actually doing youth ministry if the cops never get called? I I don't know. It's in question. In Jesus my opinion. basically got cops called on yeah, him all exactly. the time. Yeah. There's, there's people blowing the whistles all the time, man. Church is soft. Church is yeah. small groups. I can't say this. I'm gonna get kicked out of small groups. <laughs> um, oh man! If y'all didn't know, Dave, the producer, is also in charge of 180, so he's almost like my small group boss in a oh. way. So he he, he says da- eh. David's. He's a he's a boss. Yeah, David. Boss. David's Brandon's friend too. Yeah. So that's awesome. Um, you're doing this college stuff, and you have these group of guys, and you know, California life is awesome. Mm-hmm. But eventually, you moved to Oklahoma. How did that happen, and when? So, um, I'm I'm working with these youth dudes, and and then eventually, a few years goes down the road, they're getting ready to graduate high school. I end up back in Sonoma working for my uncle this time, and uh, I was in this guy's winery. He's got all these acres of you know wine grapes yeah and they water it from this pond and i'm sitting in this pond in this excavator loading mud into these dump trucks because it's the the pond holds the water to water all the crops i'm learning so much it was full of sediment (laughs) way too much detail anyway (laughs) i'm loading these trucks and my friend mike um sorry my friend mike was already out here interning with global ventures and i'm in between truckloads i uh think about him and i'm thinking about you know it would be cool to do that, you know. I don't want to be a missionary, but I mean, it'd be cool to just go experience something new. Yeah. And so I text Mike. I was like, "Hey, bro, what if I came out and interned? You know, this time I'm like twenty twenty two. Mm-hmm. Um, what if I came out and interned with the Global Ventures?" He's like, "Dude, you should totally do it." And then something inside of me le- leaped, like leapt. My heart leapt. Wow. And uh, to me, that was just a confirmation. I was either going to move because the wet season was coming. There was no heavy equipment work anymore for my uncle, and so I was either going to work around his shop cleaning stuff mm-hmm. I was gonna go back to Kingsburg and find another job my mom got a sweet hot lead on a cheese factory <laughs> or I was gonna move to Tulsa Oklahoma and work at Reesers and intern as a missionary cheese versus Reesers <laughs> yeah yeah and so I moved out here oh. I just decided to go can't believe you gave up cheese for yeah. Jesus <laughs> yeah well when I got out here everybody was like what are you doing out here because I would tell them where I was from mm-hmm. I'm like well just following God, I guess. Uh, so. And so you didn't like choose Global Ventures, and we'll talk about what that is in a moment. It wasn't even like specifically because it was Global Ventures. It was just like this is something new, and you know someone there, and it was like, well, you know, I don't know what's going to happen, but I know this is the thing, so why not that? I think you know the Enneagrams. 
Yeah, of course so, we talk. We love talking about any. So I'm a I'm a three three wing two. So All right, I gotta I'm put a, that in the bio. I'm a, yeah, I'm an, <laughs> an achiever helper, but it's Ooh. very close. And so I I find that I love helping people achieve their dreams. Okay. And John Smithwick is a good friend of mine, and he'd been going to our church. He's the he's the leader of oh, Global wow. Ventures, and so I can remember whenever I was like nine or ten, he'd come out and, and he'd preach, and so I really wanted to help him uh-huh. do whatever he was doing. Yeah. And so that was kind of the motivating factor and in that time when i came out here it was a very unique thing because i had my friend blake uh and, and what year and is this by the way this is 2009 okay january cool. 2009 i moved to oklahoma and this it's just when i think actually when i think about it now what had happened what conspired at global ventures was very is almost miraculous mm. because me jordan blake all these people with like the the way that we meshed and and became as close as we were like as a tight knit family, and also the skill sets that were presented there because mm-hmm. we they produced a TV show a three season TV show and it was aired on God TV and God all the, TV all these different like TV I don't have and, that on my table plan <laughs> and so um, all these all this stuff happened mm-hmm. but it took a very like strong core group of people for for all those things to conspire yeah. and uh, it's it's really an amazing time in my life and um, the friendships and the memories and the, it's just really, you can't really replace it. And, mm-hmm. uh, and so I'm super happy that I was there for it and that I was able to be a part of what God was doing at global ventures and um, for the relationships that were formed and established, like everybody that was there um, for that season mm-hmm. have, have really grown and, and taken on new forms of leadership Jordan, my buddy, he just shot for NASA. Like he, what? He, he he did a he's doing he did a video for NASA this last week. That's so he's, amazing. So like they're they're like and then Blake he works out at Highlands. He's, he's okay. He does videography out there for them. And so um, everybody's just kind of doing uh, their own thing now. But it was just cool to see how God brought all these people at that time to accomplish a specific thing to help. I think John get Global Ventures moving mm-hmm. and uh, off the ground and i think that was a really cool opportunity for me to be a part of that uh and yeah it was just that helper in me like mm-hmm. I, I helper achiever i want to help you, like achi- you were there, achieve your dreams and you saw you saw the vision you saw the <laughs> right. mission you were behind it yeah and it was like you know i'll do whatever it takes and you yeah. know do you need me to you know speak or do you need me to pick up chairs whatever it is right. i'll do it i was the guy who was just kind of like once again, I didn't have a ton of experience in in like videography yeah. or editing and all this stuff, but I'm a people person. So yeah. I think my role really was um, team camaraderie. Okay, and, and I helped also. Actually, we did uh, E3 events, which were youth events. We did five of them. We did one in Vergris here. Okay, then we did uh, South Carolina, mm-hmm. and then Indiana. We did oh, a wow. camp in. Um, we did a camp in Canada, um, Quebec. Mm-hmm. Which is cool because we got to see fireworks there. We were there, and I think it, I don't forget where <laughs> what time it was there. But we went out and had dinner and saw fireworks and all this stuff. But I was over the youth side of things, so cool. they were they were doing overseas stuff, shooting the TV show, and um, and I was helping John with the uh, youth side okay. of stuff, planning, doing games like you you know all the stuff. Yeah, you know, I've, I've, I've done great at one eighty. Yeah, <laughs> so we uh, we actually. Um, wrote a, a, a play, shot it, and then we did a, an assembly during school hours. And so we did an anti-drugs, alcohol, and violence assembly. Mm-hmm. And then during school hours, we'd invite them back to kind of preach the gospel to them later on yeah. that evening at mm-hmm. that school location. That's cool. And so one of our biggest events, we had 600 kids come out 
after school and we got to preach the gospel to them and that was in Indiana. So it was it was a also really that was a really cool experience. During my time at Global Ventures, I also went to Bolivia, the Philippines, Thailand, um, Cambodia. I did not know you've traveled all these places. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I, I, my first experience with Global Ventures was in Bolivia, but that was before my internship in 2005. And at that time, I can remember one of the most two notable things. One was there was this lady, we were doing a street ministry, mm-hmm. and I was preaching, and the translator saw this lady who was just crying. And uh, he, I was like, what's going on with her? And she said, because she spoke a different dialect or whatever, it wasn't Spanish, it was some like hill mountain person okay. language. And so the translator who spoke Spanish couldn't tell all that she was saying. Wow. All he could tell was that she was saying God in my heart and she was wow. crying. And the Holy Spirit actually was able to convey Come through on. that language to get to her the message that we were preaching without her knowing That's the language. That's awesome. And then another time in that same trip, I was praying for this lady who had severe headaches constantly. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, we prayed for her and immediately she was healed and Come she just on. started to cry. That's um, awesome. But there was just so many. That's just a tip of the iceberg of, you know, you go, to, you go out with the Global Ventures and mm-hmm. whoever you're listening, if they're interested in, in doing any sort of missions work, I'd recommend it. It's a... It's Not a, sponsored, but we'll support yeah. anybody. <laughs> it's a, is this it's a, a Global a, Venture podcast? <laughs> I mean, this is just my life. Yeah. No, it's, um, it's cool. But it's, 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 uh, it's, it's amazing um, to see God's hand at work. And uh, another time I was at, in Thailand and these girls these young girls get out of high school and we're just there as soon as the high school lets out. And there's five girls that I'm witnessing to kind of telling about Jesus or whatever. And, um, I ask at the end of it, I was like, have you guys ever heard any of what I'm talking about? And in America, we obviously think, you know, of course, everyone's heard everybody Jesus. knows. Yeah. Everybody knows who Jesus yeah. is. So none of them knew anything about what I was talking about, which yeah. is to- was a totally shocking to mm-hmm. us. Westerners It's like, you should know this, but there's lots of people that have no idea. Yeah. So, um, just seeing the need. You know, there's a lot of needs, uh, spiritual and physical, out there. And so just being a part of the solution is, I think, a, a big deal. Like, in these years, were you, like, on a spiritual high? Like, everything sounds like it was pretty easy going. Just being willing, just being there, you were just thrust into opportunity. You would think. You would think I would be on a spiritual high. I think those were the hardest and greatest years. I mean, we're talking about, you know, we're, I was on the grind. I was seven days a week. Wow. It was interning, you know, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, working at Reese's the rest of the time, going to church on the move, trying to get spiritually filled up. Mm-hmm. So I I think that, yeah, there was some really great times, but there was also times where I was like, Ugh, you know, a little bit burnt yeah. out. Just, you were doing amazing stuff. How did you, like, did you get burnt out or how did you avoid getting burnt out? I think that, you know, we're talking about this whole journey, but I think that, just just in the past year, two years, I think, as when I, when I finally reached my breaking point mm. in, in, in ministry, I guess, or in, in doing and being a doer. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it just took a while for me because I'm okay. very resilient I, I, and I'm an achiever, th- mm-hmm. type three or whatever. And so I'm constantly wanting to, I find validation in what I, what I do. And so I'm constantly striving mm-hmm to accomplish things like you just saw good things happening you're like okay this is good yeah let's do more of it because right. this is what's gonna is that's that's what was feeding you honestly yeah. it was like yeah things. yeah I, I i think the greatest one of the greatest rewards like i said out of that whole season was the friendships that were 
I can call any of those guys yeah. now today, and mm-hmm. they'll be there in a heartbeat, and I'll be there for them in a heartbeat. So, yeah. um, that's that was God's gift to me, and and it's a gift that can't be bought. And so that I'm forever grateful for the relationships that were formed in that season, and then seeing the experiences were were awesome. But I think I think that you just have to be careful um, when you're when you're out there doing stuff that you don't allow yourself to identify with what you're doing, and it become about doing you doing like the ministry thing and yeah. like getting out there and making a name i think that sometimes you can start to it can start to become more about you and less about him uh about god and and honoring the lord in what, in what you're doing um and then for me i think it's just a matter of you just get lost in it you just get so busy that you um you kind of don't tend to your own soul and uh I'd say that I I did allow that to happen. Looking back, do you think you should have like you could have at least like fed yourself or like lightened up a little maybe? I think going back because I can remember John, you know, he talked to me in the morning, and I'd been thinking like, what if I went to Bible school? Mm -hmm. And uh, he called me in his office, and he was like, "Hey, what did you?" And this was I I didn't I didn't talk to him at all about this. He just kind of brought it up. He's like, "Hey, what do you think about going to Bible school?" So I saw that as a confirmation of like I needed to do it. Okay. Um. But what I probably should have done is focused on that instead of interning, doing Bible school, working. Yeah, okay. So I never, I'm not the type of person to back down from anything. Yeah. I just add more onto my plate. And so there's been times in my life when I look back where I should have said no to something that may be good, look good, mm-hmm. but in order to kind of keep things realistic for myself. Like yeah. back when I did the whole working out you know, yeah. in the morning, then work, then helping, you know, work at night. It's like just being more wise with how you spend your time. Like there were definitely benefits to what you did. It wasn't anything wrong, but you could have went about it better or like yeah. you didn't have to go to such extremes for it. Yeah. I think a lot of us, I, yeah, I think it's easy to equate like results and success as benefits. If that yeah. makes sense, like, yeah. okay, because so much is happening, that is good, but like you're throwing you're like using so much of yourself you're pouring so much out that really like you are stretching yourself and it's not that you did bad but like looking back like things may may have been better if maybe just take a step back evaluate just like yeah from an even if it's from an area yeah like you're saying i'm gonna pull back Mm -hmm. i just listened to a a a podcast that's been helpful not a podcast i'm sorry it was a message by stephen furtick it was called the paradox of progress and in that whole message something he said was that you you know that you can't advance in all of the areas of life all at once mm-hmm. like the paradox is that when you progress in one area sometimes it's going to look like you're falling back in another yeah um and so for me thinking the way i think is like no f- falling back is not acceptable mm-hmm. i will progress in in all of the areas yeah and so even if that means i've got to work myself to the bone to get progress mm-hmm. to achieve that yeah um so for me, I think moving forward, it is knowing what my focus should be on and that I can't focus on all the things. I mm-hmm. need to have times of intentionally focusing on certain areas of my life and then allowing myself some leeway or break on, on different areas and giving my own yeah. self the grace to do that. So whenever I went to Bible school, I, like I was you know doing Bible school, interning. I could have just talked to John and said, like, look, I need to step down from the internship mm-hmm. so I could just focus on work and school. Yeah. Um, and now moving forward, I know like there's going to be other times in my life where I'm going to have to learn to say no mm-hmm. to something that may even look good or be good yeah. in order to stay healthy and to um, 
growing in, in, in different areas. I think that's cool to talk about now. I think that'll lead to what we're going to talk about later. And so after Bible school, Ian Global Ventures, though, and you, you mentioned it, that you were going to Church of the Mood to be yeah. fed, and you actually start working at the Church of the Mood. You basically like transitioned Global Venture to Church of the Move, right? Yeah, it was kind of like that. I had uh, was working at Reesers and interning and going to school. And so at that time, they threw up a, uh, a, a help wanted sign for summer lawn care. And it was one of those things like, it, just like I was just sitting in the excavator and my heart jumped. Mm-hmm. When I saw that thing, my heart jumped and I was like, really? <laughs> yeah. And so I was like, I'll just give up. I was, I was working my web at research. I was going to start getting into management and stuff. And Ooh. I, yeah, big time. <laughs> um, but I was willing to throw all that stuff away and just go to work at the church because mm-hmm. I wanted to be a part of what was going on. Yeah. Even if it meant I was going to get let go after the summer and I had to find work somewhere else. Mm-hmm. And so I went in and I interviewed. And um, in my interview, they found out that I had heavy equipment operating experience, which I didn't know, like coming out of high school. The interesting thing about God is that the way I describe my life is that there's a staircase being built, but it's not from the floor up. The stairs are being built at different times and yeah, then you wow. just start walking cool. up. And so... I got the job at the church because I had heavy equipment operating experience and they were doing all this overhaul mm-hmm. and they had all these projects going on. They were building a park and a walking path and all these things that I had uh-huh. experienced doing. And so because of that, they actually hired me on full time and it wasn't oh, just wow. for the summer. So you were like worried about all this stuff. Like, oh man, like, okay, I'll just do it. You know, worry about it later. Yeah. And then God literally had an answer like, no, just like come do it. And yeah. they already had it prepared. That's yeah. really cool. You did, you do landscaping, you do that. And you know, you get out there, you ride tractors apparently sometimes. Oh as yeah. As talked about. It got pretty fat. So me and my, <laughs> me and my friends, CL and Vince, Dave knows. Yeah. The operations crew, man. We had never we're, heard of these guys. We called the, uh. We called ourselves the Soil Soil Team Six <laughs> since we're, we were like building what? all these, like bu- building a vegetable garden and these parks and stuff. <laughs> and uh, we would go eat at you know El Tequila and like mm-hmm. I would just. I, so my my diet was I'd get up in the morning and go to Taco Bell. I would eat uh, the steak crunch wrap from Taco Bell with a Baja, with a Baja Blast for breakfast. Yes. Oh my gosh. Okay. First of all, Taco Bell breakfast is amazing. It's a, so good. I can't have soda in the morning. I think yeah. that's crazy. Two hundred fifty pounds. Okay. I think like, you could have avoided twenty there. of it if and you went water. <laughs> if I would have just not had Taco Bell for breakfast. No, no, it was a Baja Blast. So don't, don't hate on Taco Bell. <laughs> I would I would destroy that, and then we would go to El Tequila, and then I'd have a huge lunch, and then I'd have a huge dinner, and so and all while sitting on a tractor. With, with landscaping so that's how i got to be so beefy but that was yeah that was the the, the operations of life but it's interesting because you move from doing all this like cool great ministry stuff yeah like you're traveling you're yeah. seeing miracles happen and then you're just on a tractor but you felt like you know you said you had that leap you felt like you was it god or something were you still like wondering like is this it or did i hit my peak or what was your mind and what were you thinking ministry? Were you like as fulfilled in this, if I can ask that? You're talking about transitioning from the Global Ventures life to more of like a working, Landscaping. working man's yeah. life. Uh-huh. <laughs> what was that like? Uh, to be honest, for me, I've always been a man of many passions. I love being on a tractor. <laughs> so cultured. I, I love being on a tractor. I do. I love and I love people. And so working with like Vince and CL and those guys at the church was actually super fulfilling for me. Mm-hmm. Um and I learned a lot, and I grew in my faith with those guys, too. Okay. Um, but there was still ministry aspirations, things I wanted to do. Uh, as I actually got a – I got uh, – there was this opportunity in California 
um, during my time working in landscaping, there was a guy out there who wanted to start a business, a, f- a farm to front door business, basically. Mm. So you'd grow the stuff and then you'd deliver it. Oh, cool. um, and he asked if I wanted to go work for him. He was going to lease out 20 acres of organic corn and give me the equipment to do all the work. Wow. And uh, so I put my two weeks in at the church. And so I was like, you know, I'm going to... Oh, gonna, dang. I'm I didn't gonna, know that. Yeah, you didn't know this. <laughs> I, I was, I was, I told my supervisor at the time, I was like, I'm going to go do this business thing in California. Okay. And, um, but as I, as soon as I made the decision, I didn't feel right about it. And so I kind of said, you know what? No, I'm going to stay. And then as soon as I stayed, I knew I, like I was, it had been a while since I've done anything with Global Ventures and I wanted to get back into ministry. I wanted to start doing youth stuff again. So in the time, like you weren't feeling like this ache, you weren't feeling like this need, but the moment, like it seemed like you were going to step away, mm-hmm. it all came back. Well, once I made the decision to stay, mm-hmm. I knew I couldn't just sit on the sideline okay. that I needed to do something. And so that's when I uh, talked to Sam Woods about getting involved with J High on the weekends. Okay. And um, and that works out for you. You eventually moved your way into JI, which is basically how we met. Yeah, so. right, exactly. So I I I, uh, I was there serving in JI, and one day Sam he came up to me and he was like, "Hey, dude, have you ever thought about communicating? Kind of doing what you do now?" Yeah. He how I talk to you is how he <laughs> talked to me. Uh, and great uh, times. it was awesome because I always knew like when you're told by your parents that you're good at stuff, like you can't really trust them. So having an outside person who doesn't know me uh, see value in me and, mm-hmm. and kind of affirm the yeah. fact that I had a gift. Whenever Sam saw that and asked me to do that, it was cool. It was just like that validation I needed. And so uh-huh. that's when I really started pouring into 180 and J-High. And yeah. I started communicating pretty regularly uh, on the weekends and uh, helping out in any way that I could. Mm-hmm. And so I was back in the youth ministry game at that point. So, yeah, and that's where we met. That was really fun. You did a great job. You know, this is also the time where small groups really start taking off, where 180 really, like, dives into it. And and you're, like, a core part of that. You really push us to, like, hey, care about your small groups. And then, like, you know, you owned J-High, and you became, like, the J-High guy. Yeah, the J-High guy. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) that's awesome. Bars. (laughs) Um, But, and then we hang out from that a lot. We get to know each other, and then mutual, you know, my group of friends. And then we've grown to bond. And I think that's really cool. You know, we get to see the journey that you've done. So if we look at it, you know, you're, you've always used your hands. You've always been good at like doing hard work, yeah. pushing yourself, doing stuff. And it looks like, you know, God has been on the way there the whole time. And at yeah. no point, you know, and you, it's cool that in your story, a lot of people are like in the midst of it. I was thinking this, I was doing that. But a lot of what you've been talking about has been very reflective whenever we talk about the feelings that you like you mainly commentate on it from where you are now. Mm-hmm. I think that's cool is that you just kind of went with it and God's been there the whole time. And yet now we find you at the point of your life where most people, you know, I normally go for like big stories. I go for like, you know, like <laughs> singular events, but I wanted you here because I, from like talking to you and getting to know you through the years, you've talked about different random things, even on this and that that's grown your heart to where you are now. And I kind of, whenever we've reached a decision, because you're no longer in 180, yeah. you're no longer in J-High. And for me, whenever you made that transition, it was only a shock because I was like, man, I thought maybe he don't want to talk. You know, I'm one of the like people he talks to like that is involved. He let me know. Yeah. So I was more shocked from there. But from what I know about you spiritually, what I know about your heart, I've always been, let's just go for it. Yep. Why not? You've made, you know, like Scooter Ball is one of, still one of the best games in J-High. <laughs> and that was made from a game that we made 
Like we're just on ten, the whim. Yeah, in ten minutes, like yeah. it was supposed to be a hockey game, and you instead said, "What if we had scooters and we move the cones here yes. and made it end zones and get rid of the sticks?" And it's like, hold on, and it was you know we still play it now, but scooter ball. You've always been there. You've always been prepared, and I think God's prepared your heart for something new, something next. Yeah. Um, and so I, that's why I wanted you here to you know let people hear and see that like just being willing, just like going for it, and you know. Kind of going head first into everything you did yeah. has, will lead you to the next season and will prepare you to go for it. Because even then, you're about to go head first into, back into California. Yeah. But God was like, no, I want you here. But you were like so prepared and ready. I think he even honored that and saw that. Like, okay, you know what? This guy's focused on what he's going to do. He's going to go all in. Mm-hmm. I think that prepared, you know, God prepared you to go, okay, then that means you can go all in in J-High, stuff like that. So I just want to lift you up in that. But Thanks. as I keep saying, you know, you've moved on from it even though, like, it seems like this is, like, what you even moved to Tulsa for. Like, right. you went to this peak, you went to this point, and now, you in the last couple months, you've stepped down. What are you doing now, exactly? Man, this is a, this is a, it's just a weird thing, because, like, this is the part of my story where I'm in the middle of it, so yeah. it's hard, it's like, it's fun to be able to talk to you about all the stuff that's happened, because, mm-hmm. like, it's hindsight. Yeah. You know, you can see what God's doing, hindsight, it's easy to see. But right now, I don't know what he's doing. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know where I'm going. And, and it was funny cause I was talking to Joel, um, who's the youth pastor at Broken Arrow. Mm-hmm. And I remember we were talking to my office. I was like, I feel like God's calling me into a season of the unknown. And, um, then I read Hebrews chapter 11, the chapter of faith. And in that chapter, Abraham, it says by faith, Abraham left his home to a land that God had shown him to a place without knowing where he was going yeah. is basically what it says. And I've, when I read that, I told Joel, I was like, yeah, I kind of feel like this is what it, what it is. And then at All Staff, um, the next week or something like that, Pastor Witt quoted that or, or brought that verse. Wow. And I looked at Joel Houston right next to me, looks at me, and I was like, oh, gosh. <laughs> and so, like, I, I didn't know. And, I, and to be honest, it's it's weird because I'm, I'm there now, and I still don't know. Mm-hmm. And I'm in a desert season, I feel like, spiritually. What's your job? Honest. My, my job is uh, I'm, a, I'm a field tech for a uh, company um, – Stallion Oil Field Services. It's remote treatment. So basically, I uh, I deal with sewer and water. So mm-hmm. I, I I went from and you know I would tell people ministry is dealing with people's figurative crap, but now <laughs> I deal with like people's literal crap. <laughs> and so I'm I'm you know one of my first days on the job, we deal with these. We have these pumps that are hooked up to uh, these mobile homes, basically that pump their sewer water into our. Uh, into our unit, which processes the sewer water and makes it environment, environmentally friendly. Oh, wow. And uh, I was messing with one of these pumps because it was messed up. It was plugged or something, and I unhooked one of the carabiner things, and uh, it's quick connect pipe or whatever. It's an inch and a half, and poop water just sprays Ew. all over me. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and so I'm just sitting out here in the middle of the desert with poop all over, and <laughs> it's just like, you know... Uh, how did I get here? Is this God's plan? <laughs> you know, how did, what am I doing? You know, uh-huh. but um, in the midst of it all, I, I feel like I made a I made a decision and I made a move, and uh, I think it's thinking it, it does it feel amazing all the time. The honest answer to that question is no. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know that our life is supposed to feel amazing all the time. Yeah, and I think that right now God's doing something in me mm-hmm. and, and not through me as much. Um, you know, we we, yeah, we talk, really we talk about uh, you know all this stuff, and I've, I've had the privilege of uh, being alongside some amazing uh, faith people and seeing God do amazing things. 
and uh, I feel like I'm in a in, in a desert season right now. And God literally put me in the desert in the middle of New Mexico and and West Texas, out there in the oil field. And every day I drive around and it's just barren wasteland all around me. Mm-hmm. But um, I believe that God's doing something. Uh, I listen to podcasts all day while I drive around. Most of my mm-hmm. work is driving uh, from location to location, so I'm listening to. You know, the Bible Project podcast, yeah. you know, leadership podcast, old, you know, like I was mm. listening to Furtick the other day, yeah. just trying to, you know, build my soul up a little bit. But I'd be lying to you if I told you it was a, as a, as a high, you know, mm-hmm. it's not. Um, but I don't know what God has next. Yeah. It's the unknown. It's the following God on not knowing where you're going. I do believe he's got something yeah. in ministry in the future for me. Um and I'm excited to find out mm-hmm. what that is. And when I find out what it is, I'll let you know. Yeah, we'll have you back. <laughs> um, with yeah. it, like, you know, you, you went from doing all this awesome stuff. Like, even in J-Height, it was great. <clears throat> now you're, I mean, right now we're recording in the middle of, like, 95 to 100-something degree Ooh, weather. You're yeah. out there, sometimes covered in poop, it sounds yeah. like. Yeah. But at no point have you faltered. Like, you haven't, at, have, have you had any doubts on if you made the right decision? Or have you felt, like, confident? Like, nope, this is... This, yeah, God has something like there's not it's, it's not even the feeling of well yeah. no this is what God wanted it's a feeling of you know God's doing something I read Psalms uh, there's several things throughout the course of the de- decision making process but I could never get to the point um, where I felt completely 100% sure like this is oh yeah this is what I'm supposed to do mm-hmm. um, and so I'm just following God on faith and knowing that even if this Say say this was the wrong turn. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I needed to let go of control yeah. of my life and just to say, even if it is a wrong turn, mm-hmm. that God can get me back to where he needs me to be. Um, Psalm, I read Psalm 139, and uh, basically, if that verse, if that section of scripture is true, I can make my bed in hell and he's there with me. Yeah. And his hand will guide me and protect so me. Good. And, and so, so right. like, uh, it's, but it's, I'm telling you all this, I'm taking this by faith that God's word is true mm-hmm. because a lot of times I don't feel it. I don't feel like God's directing my steps right now. Yeah. I don't feel like, you know, cause it doesn't, none of this stuff makes sense. You know, I'm working out in the middle of nowhere, mm-hmm. turd hurting for these, <laughs> for these roughnecks out in the oil field. Like that's, that's like the opposite of my resume says ministry. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I've spent my whole <laughs> life being a pastor's kid to you missionary. qualified to do this? Son? <laughs> <laughs> and so it seems like a totally offshoot. Maybe it is. Maybe I yeah. totally missed it. And, 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 and God will correct me. God's there. Yeah. So that's what I'm saying. Like he'll, he'll figure off. He'll get me to where I'm supposed to go. As long as I, uh, you know, care enough about him and, yeah. and acknowledge him and uh, you know that's that's also in you know Proverbs you know acknowledge mm-hmm. him and, and he'll he'll guide your steps and so um, I'm doing I'm doing my best to acknowledge him in this season um, I do think this is a season of testing for me yeah uh, because you know what are you going to do when you're not on a spiritual high when you're not mm-hmm. in church every Sunday when you're not yeah being you know used quotation marks by God all the time mm-hmm. uh, I, I so um, like I said it's this season of time for my me spiritually is more about what God's doing in me instead of through me. I think it's cool. Cause I, I was like asking about it earlier. It's like, you know, do you feel like you need to take a step back and you know, I'm not trying to prophesy it, but maybe that's, you know what this is with God. It's like, Hey man, you've done all this. Let's take a moment to like, just charge, just fill up. Let's, let's, you know, get back to me. You yeah. keep, 
you you've talked to you just went on a whole thing where like you're not 100 percent even in the middle of it yeah you're not sure this you I, I think some people would call you crazy for saying this could be wrong i think a lot of christian people are scared to say yeah. i could have made the wrong decision yeah and i i think honestly i'm feeling it now that why you know god wanted me to have you on the podcast might be this one question Looking at it now, we're already in hindsight, you know, yeah. like you've already made the decision, but you said up to, you know, up to the point you weren't hundred percent sure if it was God. Even now, after you've made a decision, most people say, but now I know it was God, but you're even still on the other side saying, I'm not sure, but you know, God could be doing something. I think what people need to hear or want to know is like, what gave you then the push? The like, push. was there a push that, yeah. you know, you said you took like a leap of faith, like you're just going by faith. Yeah. How did you get to that point? Cause I think so many of us want to have that final answer. We want yeah. to have, you know, honestly, we don't want to have faith. We want to have a hundred percent reassurance. Yeah. How did you get the push to do it, to just step down and embrace this? Feeling? I, I think that it's a step of faith because it is a step of trusting in that, like, if I were to continue to go down the path that just seems to make sense, mm-hmm. you know, uh, then it would have been, it's kind of like me working at the system, doing my own thing. Yeah. And uh, I don't know, maybe there's people that are listening to this podcast who are in a similar season of, they, they, they don't know what to do next. Yeah. I, I don't know that you're always going to get the 100% go. You know, I think mm-hmm. there's going to be some times when in the past where your heart jumps yeah. and then you feel the Holy Spirit and he's telling you, you know, you need to go do this. And I, I'm grateful for those times and I'm grateful for the, you know, those seasons of time where I felt like a change and it was just this amazing thing. But I'm also learning to be grateful for the time I'm in now where it's a deepening of your faith because mm-hmm. it can't always be about your feelings. It can't always be this thing that you follow. That's just this like emotional thing. Yeah. I think you have to grow and mature and and then uh, make some decisions and then walk it out and then be willing to make adjustments and switch things up if you, if need be. Yeah. Uh, and so I think that this I think that I was in a season where I knew I needed to change. Yeah. Um, like we talked about earlier, there was some stuff that I just needed to take a break. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did kind of reach a little bit of a burnout uh, mode, um, and so now I'm kind of re recouping in some mm-hmm. ways. But then also trusting that God's going to kind of take care of me and get me to where yeah. I need to go. Uh, and so if there's people listening to this podcast who are like in the middle of a decision, uh, they don't know which way to go. And they they don't know uh, north from south. Or they're mm-hmm. like, they feel like they've prayed. They've asked God which way to go. And they're like, what do I do? You just have to make a decision. Yeah, You have to choose. Because in the beginning, God gave us that. This is the greatest thing he gave us. He said... You're going to put you in the garden. I'm going to give you the ability to choose. Yeah. Wow. And so um, I think that we have been given that power of choice and we get to choose our way or God's way. And sometimes that can get foggy. It's like, man, you know, there's no, I can't find any sin in this decision. You know, it's not completely <laughs> clear or obvious. Like what is God's way? What is my way? But I think as we pursue him and, and our walk with him, that he makes it clear yeah. to us as, as we, as we're stepping out, as we're making, as we're using our ability to choose um, we choose him and then uh, you know there's going to be times where maybe it does feel like you're wan- wandering you know Moses was in mm-hmm. the desert for 40 years so there's going to be times where maybe it doesn't feel like there's a whole lot of direction Yeah, but you just have to continue to pursue God because he's the reward in the end anyways and so um, you know make, make you got to make a choice Yeah, and then once you do 
be open to being wrong and then allow that's God right. to redirect you if that's, that's right. the case that needs to happen. And so that's where I'm just trying to keep my heart soft. And mm-hmm. if, 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 you know, what I'm doing is wrong, then he'll, he'll guide me. He'll direct me to where I need to go. That's awesome. Um, final questions, how I like in all my podcasts, maybe I'll get the wording down on it one day, but for now, Brandon, when this is all over, when you die, what do you hope the lesson of your life was? The lesson of my life, um, that it's not about you. Mm-hmm. I hope that at the end of my life, I've given as much as I can mm-hmm. out of myself to other people. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of problems to be solved. And I think that if every human took it as their job to leave the world a better place, you know, mm-hmm. and gave of themselves for the sake of others, like laid themselves down, like Jesus laid his himself down, mm-hmm. then think about the kind of place that we'd be living in yeah. right now. Awesome. So I think that at the end of my life, I hope that that's the lesson is that, um, you, you don't lose when you sacrifice. That's really good. And, um, so I'm trying to keep that mindset as well. Cause it's easy to want to try to advance and do your own thing and mm-hmm. look out for number one. Yeah. Um, but it's, uh, the lesson in, that Christ gave us was that, you know, lay yourself down for the sake of other people. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that's good. Well, I feel like I learned a lot from your story and I think, you know, we can gather lessons from it, whether it just be, you know, go head, head first just to give it, you know, one thing people can grab is it's okay to be unsure. Yeah. And I'm really glad you let us in on some of your life, some of your decisions and how you got there that sometimes the decisions were pretty easy. Some of them were spontaneous. Some of them were God and some of them were unsure. And I think it's yeah. a really cool journey you've made. This is the one episode I feel like I asked you in just to get a journey, not even a full story, just a <laughs> yeah. journey and where it is in the middle. And maybe we'll come back to it one day at the end of it. If you want to come to me like, Hey man, I think I, I think I know how to end that podcast. Yeah. I'll do it. Um, you know, and something I want to ask. So I think it'll be a good episode. Something I want to ask, you know, why should people, you know, leave a review or listen to the podcast? Uh, I think that what you talked about in the beginning is a great uh, way, reason to leave a review or, or add the podcast and <laughs> leave, give it a thumbs up. Because I think that people learn from other people's experience and that's what you're trying to create a platform for is that there's somebody out there who's probably struggling with making a choice and yeah. like just like me and... Mm-hmm. Sorry, bro. Like, I can't give you the exact answer. There's no formula. But just be, I think, getting comfortable with being uncomfortable. But I think there's, I have learned, I've listened to the other, some of the other Thank people's you. podcasts. And it's, uh, it's helped, you know, just understand that everybody's on a process, on the journey. Yeah. You know, I think that's what this casually spiritual is talking to is like, we're all on a journey and mm-hmm. we can learn from each other. Yeah. And so I think that's awesome. Giving it, a, giving people a place to just talk it out casually. And then learn from each other's uh, spiritual spiritual life. lives. Yeah. Well, thanks for coming, Brandon, and uh, talk to everybody later. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm going to try something a little different on this outro. I got David. David, did you like that episode? Oh, yeah, it was pretty good. Did you learn anything from it? No, I Brandon didn't have anything good at all. Oh, come on. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was great. I love Brandon. So, our... You uh, excited for what's going to happen in Brandon's life? Oh, absolutely. I, I got to work with Brandon for a couple of years. Brandon was actually my boss at one point. Um, that was short-lived, and then we uh, got to work together as co-workers several years later. Um, 
and so yeah, I was I was pretty sad when he announced he was leaving the team. Uh, although I'm really excited for his future, and I'm just I don't know. It's always interesting to see what Brandon's doing next. He's always like got some project going on or some like ridiculous like <laughs> hey, I'm gonna do this thing and then do this thing and do this thing. It's it's always gonna be great. So super excited for Brandon. Yeah, I hope you all enjoyed it, and I want to thank David, of course, for producing this episode. Brandon for producing his story i guess no i guess god produced his story uh, also featuring photography for this episode brought to you by madison hill friend of the podcast and hope to hear from you next time leave a review thanks for listening to this episode of the casually spiritual podcast if you like this episode and want to hear more follow subscribe and leave a review on itunes spotify or wherever you get your podcasts and support us by sharing on social media to stay up to date follow us on instagram at casually spiritual on twitter at this is the csp and leave us a like on facebook until next time thanks for listening to the casually spiritual podcast so my my diet was i'd get up in the morning and go to taco bell and i would get hey, a taco bell breakfast is come dope, on now okay it's good it's so it's underrated good. and so i would get a uh <laughs> I would, David I would, left. Uh, yeah, David's out, dude. He's gonna. Get, are you going to Taco Bell? He's going to Taco Bell. So that's kind of like what. When you Sam, don't have, no. What is that? Cherry limeade. Dr Pepper with cherry and lime. <laughs> a, a Dr Pepper. Tractor Alec incoming. Tractor Alec. <laughs> I hate doing my intro. I hate actually introducing it. Um, we are back. It's good. <laughs> welcome, welcome. No, I'm not doing that. That's, dorky all right hey everyone alec here and no i'm not doing that i'm not doing this